talking? I don't know. Does that have to be me? I mean, I can introduce Well, you're kind of like the dude, right? Like, <laughs> we're, like, interviewing guess, you. Yeah. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Hanging and Hanger. Tonight, we're switching it up a little bit. I'm on technical guest duty, and we have Josh Fishman here again to... Hello again. ...replace me, as he's replaced Daniel. He's wearing many hats. He's doing many impressions. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle sounds a little different tonight. He does, and Josh sounds different with the yep. the guest side of it, you know. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm making my triumphant, triumphal, triumphant <laughs> return. A prodigal. Pro- Glad it? to be back. <laughs> prodigal son returns. Yep, Daniel's finally back. The prodigal dad from uh, prodigal dad. sabbatical. Yep, my beard's like three inches longer. Yep, he looks wiser. Thanks. Nobody's ever accused me of that. What have you guys been up to recently? Oh, well, my car is uh, <laughs> not working right now, so mainly it's been at home. So what? what's the problem with your car? So I hit a deer for the first time. Whoa. Yeah. More Where? so the deer hit you, right? Yeah, but more so, so I had slowed down for the first deer so it could get by. As I was slowing down, a second deer looked at me and then was like, I'm just going to go for it, and then hit my car. <laughs> so not ideal. Um but the car is still at least in better shape than it could have been. So, okay. So I get to take you home tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Score. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and then fish. What's new with you? Yeah, last night um, I was at a Bible study and we did uh, office trivia, um, which I've never done before, and it's my favorite show. So uh, we we really gave it the old college try, uh, but we ended up being like. 10th place by like the end of like the um final question and then we got the final question right so i feel like we probably did better than 10th place they didn't tell us what place we're in but it was a great time nonetheless and i was proud of my team so if any of you guys are new to bible study um when you go to bible study you play office trivia yeah, yeah. exactly you yeah little did just you studying know. the scriptures you know <laughs> the new new testament is the office <laughs> yes and yeah we're being yeah. pretty heretical right now, but no, this is—they know we're joking. We're joking. Uh, and then I have nothing real, really new. I'm glad that you guys got to do an episode um, with Colette. I laughed the entire time I listened to it. I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, it was it's a good time. Hanging in my apartment. So, Kyle, you just had a birthday recently. Yeah. When was it? January twenty second. How old did? How old are you? Twenty four. Twenty four. Is it weird being 24? Like, do you feel old? No. Um, honestly, the other day, I thought I was 21 for like a hot second. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, a, someone had asked how old I was, and I was about to say 21. And I was like, well, wait a second. I am not 21. I'm three years <laughs> older than that. That's like the last big milestone, though, yeah. until like I mean, I'm also like, right? right before COVID hit, and it's like, all right, a bunch of stuff happened, so like... It's been a while since, um, I don't know, everything has just felt very compressed um, the past few years. Just mainly the idea that, like, yeah, once you turn 21, there's no, like, big milestones. Yeah. Um, So that's, like, the one that you reference of, like, oh, this is the one that means something. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was, like, 21, and then I remember at 27, I just felt like, oh, I'm, like, a cool age now. Like, I'm, like... (laughs) 
I'm still in my 20s, but I'm old. Mm-hmm. That's when your brain fully developed. You're like, <laughs> yeah. here I am. Exactly. <laughs> so when they say like the male athlete is at his like peak performance. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I still feel quite young. Um, I think part of it is I spend a lot of time with people older than me. Um, and there are some people who are younger than me. I mean, by a couple of years. Like, I, I have only been living on my own aside from college for just a little over a year now. Yeah. So I'm kind of just getting into the swing of, oh, I'm, like, fully an adult now, doing adult things. Um, but I think in the same way that, like, every day you don't necessarily feel older than you were the day before, but there will probably come a time. There are there are moments where I recognize how old I feel, but it's mostly in interactions with people vastly younger than me. Yeah. So... And doesn't, does it feel like to y'all that from like March of 2020 until now, if, I mean, if you think about it, it it feels like a long time, but then like you said, everything is for me, at least it feels kind of condensed. It feels Mm -hmm. like it's just been a really weird Mm -hmm. three years almost. Yeah. And especially like, were you a senior? Yeah. So I was, uh, well, at UVA, we call it third year fourth year so I was third year in college in my second semester when COVID hit and then we spent that rest of the semester at home Mm -hmm. and then they brought us all back but all the classes were online Um, so I graduated in COVID times but we did have an in-person graduation um, in 2021 and then by the end I mean by the time I graduated like halfway through 2021 and then by the time that I had moved to Nashville, it was the end of 2021, and then it's been here pretty much all of 2022. Yeah. And now it's just 2020, 2023. 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the best vision you can have. Possibly. Okay, so before we get into college life and all that stuff, what did you do for your birthday? Did you do anything special, anything fun? So, me and a few friends, after we graduated, we've been doing trips. Last year, we came here to Nashville. My friends visited. Me and my brother, uh, I'm, a, I'm a twin, um, we had them come with us to uh, Colorado this year to go skiing. Um, so we were in Denver for a bit, um, and then we went to uh, Copper and Keystone Mountain to ski, uh, which was super fun. And then just with friends here... Uh, couple of us I mean uh well I wasn't supposed to be in town the day of my actual birthday so we didn't celebrate until the week later but we ended up um going just to hang out for a bit um and then we went to oh we went to a trampoline park um to jump around a little bit uh now feel free we can cut out this awkward I mean most of most of editing is cutting out awkward silence (laughs) I mean, I was wondering, I was like, that backpack looks quite feminine for you. I had no idea whose that was. (laughs) (laughs) I I probably should have thought it was a bomb or something, but I probably should have been like, that's suspicious. Yeah, for listeners uh, wondering what's happening, uh, Kayla Powell, who, if you listened in on the second episode, came to collect her backpack from Daniel's office, where we typically record. Um, But essentially, we uh, just hung out pretty much, went to a trampoline park, had cake and all that kind of stuff. Um, at Buca de Beppo. Yeah, at Buca de Beppo, uh, an Italian restaurant. We got some food. 
Um, and then this weekend, actually, I'm spending what would have been my actual birthday with my uh, family in Vermont to ski again. So wow. that'll be fun. Um, Super jealous of that. <sighs> and Kyle's like Y'all pro skier too, it sounds like. I'm surprised. I mean, no one. We're going on a ski trip in a few weeks, and it seems like no one has the level of experience that I have. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you can be humble, but are you like you really are a good skier? I mean, I can't count the amount of times that I've been skiing. Okay. Like, because I think everyone who we're, I'm going with has been under five, times, yeah, probably. under ten times, mm. and I've been probably way more than that. So that's that's cool because. For our listeners, we we have spent time talking to me. Um, do we spend time with fish? Not really. We didn't really. He came bit. in as a guest host, and yeah. we'll we got we got to spend the... some time with fish. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't spent time with you, mm. really, like learning about you. So that's what we wanted this episode to be. Mm. Um, and so maybe maybe just talk a little bit about you, and like uh, you don't have to tell us your whole entire life story, <laughs> but. Um, You've already alluded to the fact that you went to Virginia, um, UVA, as they call it. Yeah. Um, and then just maybe talk about that or early life and how you got here. And mm. yeah, we'll go from there. Well, I always think it's you can learn a lot about a person by the way that they tell their life story. And the way that I typically start mine is uh, talking about my birth. It was wow. a cold January night and my uh, mother gave birth to triplets. And there was uh, Baby A was my brother, Baby, uh, not me, Baby B, that was me, uh, and Baby C, also not me, was my sister. Um, and then uh, I spent seven weeks in a hospital uh, because it was like a couple months early. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you know, that's all you got to know about my, my uh, okay. early days, of the, which I don't remember much. That's what would show up on the Wikipedia Wikipedia yeah. page it would yeah. be like early life just your birth and that's it <laughs> doesn't remember much skips to now <laughs> yeah 20 years later uh, my memory has just kicked in it's like uh, when he talks about Jesus 12 and 12 he's yeah. not there yeah. I mean his yeah I mean his birth and then <laughs> he's 32 all of a sudden but um so I grew up in uh, Connecticut in Trumbull uh, which is right above Bridgeport for anyone who knows anything about Connecticut shout out Shout out, yeah, to, to anyone who's uh, from Connecticut or knows anything about it. All of you Connecticutians out there. Is that what they call it? Yep. Wow, Connecticutians. It's, a, it's awful. That's terrible. <laughs> I hate it so much, but it is what it is. I mean, it's the best you can get with that, so yeah, it's not much more you can do. Do you guys, um, ever, do you guys ever say Connecticut? So, no. I've heard people say it like that. Okay. But I think the way most people will pronounce it is Connecticut. Yeah. Like an A sound. Yeah. Which is kind of more like a New England accent. Is what you're, you're saying Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. So, and people will call me out for that because I sometimes do that. And that's like, I have been told that I have the most normal accent of anyone someone has ever met. You do. And then whenever I say Connecticut, they call me out instantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the one thing. You have a <laughs> voice and a face for radio. Thank you. You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I interrupted your birth no, story. Um, Baby yeah, B. yeah. So, uh, I can tell you about the first memory I have. Um, I just remember becoming sentient for some reason. I remember the exact moment where I recognized, oh, I can remember things. And I recognized I know things. 
about what's going on. Like, I know the names of people, but I also know that I don't necessarily remember anything besides the details of where I am and what's happening. Wow. And it's, it's mm. super odd to, to recognize. Because now looking back, I'm like, oh, did I create that memory? Or, like, is that just how, how it was? It's the wow. machines know, implanting yeah. memories into your head. So They give you a choice of, like, good or evil. Yeah, and that's yeah. Um, you but being a show about faith, um, growing up uh, in my Christian fellowship, we would do t- uh, testimonies, and everyone would always start off by saying, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. And everyone always thought, oh, this is going to be cool and unique. No one's ever said this before. And every time someone would say, I grew up in a Christian home. <laughs> okay. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so I grew up in a Christian home, but I think Christian was more of a cultural thing than a faith-based thing. Um, it was, uh, you know, you go to church Sundays, it was kind of something you did. I went through confirmation, um, and it was just kind of, oh, you have to learn these things, take these tests, and then you're a member of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't particularly care too much about any of it, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't until college, uh, when I went to UVA where I had a, a roommate, uh, who was a group Christian, his dad was a pastor and he was, uh, his family members had told him about this group called Chi Alpha, which was a Christian fellowship. And my, uh, cousin's uh, now husband had told me about Chi Alpha because he had been in it. He had also gone to UVA. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you're going to this. My cousin recommended me go to this. Like, it was called the mug party. There was always this thing called block party, which was the go get drunk and throw stuff out of windows and the police get yeah. mad and go mm. shut it down. Um, and Chi Alpha would throw this thing called mug party, which is basically we have a bunch of mugs laid out on a table and a bunch of drink stations go and get drinks. And anytime someone came, like, once you were had been there a couple of years and you were part of Chi Alpha and you were helping set up and run the whole thing, all of these new uh, first years would come and they'd be like, oh, is this block party? And you were told to say yes. So people finding their way, thinking, oh, I want to go to block party, I want to <laughs> get drunk and throw stuff out of a window, so found their way to the Christian Fellowship uh, mug wow. party instead. That's <laughs> awesome. <Bait> and switch. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they, I mean, you had, kind of had to pass it on the way there, so it's was like, all right. <laughs> I guess this is it. This is more tame than I thought. It's like, <laughs> yep. But, um, so I, funnily enough, um, had a couple friends on my hall that were in Chi Alpha, and um, I wasn't able to go to the uh, Bible study because I had a, like an 8 p.m. class that I had to go to on the nights that it was happening. So my roommate, who was in a group, uh, told me to talk to one of my other hallmates who was in a different night group and I kind of got involved in that and I I wasn't necessarily looking for Christian fellowship but I wasn't opposed to it right um it was more of like yeah I I want to go I don't want to do drugs I don't want to do anything illegal and I want to you know stay wholly within the realm of like these are the things you're supposed to do yeah as not just necessarily a Christian but like a generally all-around uh rule follower okay (laughs) so it's more like these values align with the base values that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so this should be an easy group to follow. I have a background in Christianity, so I'm not like opposed to it. But it's also, like my church growing up, we had, um, it was mostly old people and young families with young kids. And people my age, you know, we all did the, the 
call confirmation, and then you kind of were just like, all right, I'm just going to not go to church as soon as my parents don't make me come. Right. Um, so, like, I didn't really know a ton of people my age who cared, so going to college and meeting people who did was a very new experience for me. Oh. Um, like, especially, I mean, I had a couple friends who did, but the people that I knew who were into it were, like, weird to me. Okay. It, it seemed foreign, it seemed odd um, that they were so into something that just made so little sense um, as to why you would care about something like this, um, especially growing up in a very traditional setting, a Methodist church, where like the music's kind of not your favorite, you don't really vibe with it, the sermons are okay, and you know, you kind of just like, I'd rather just be sleeping in on a Sunday morning. Mm. So, getting to know people who are, I could relate to... Um, who cared was just a big change for me that kind of helped push me in the direction of finding my faith over the course of uh, my college experience. Awesome. Yeah. And I know I've heard part of your story before, but um, that that's a great story. I, I always, your context is so much different than mine, I think, of like uh, probably even, even yours too, Fisher. Like being in the South is like, everybody's a Christian and like, like how you say that you grew up in like a Christian home or like in a Christian kind of culture mm-hmm. even, but that everybody's just kind of like, man, I'd rather be mm-hmm. sleeping in. That's honestly how it was for me too, except for we were supposed to act away or mm-hmm. dress away or think away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sounds like we had, very similar experiences, mm-hmm. but from, like, different sides, maybe? Yeah, I mean, everyone, like, especially in North, everyone says they're Christian because they celebrate Christmas. Right, But yeah. church is something you do on Sundays, and then it doesn't really go anywhere else. You know, we'd say grace at the dinner table, um, but aside from that, I cannot recall ever seeing my parents just sit and read a Bible. Um, it wasn't something that I was taught to do to have a devotional life, to have a faith that was yeah. my own. It was more of a, this is a, an organizational thing that right. we are a part of. Have you ever thought about or, or reflected backwards on like, how, what did you think about God at that point in time? Like when you thought about God, what, what, do, you, what do you think that you thought about? I kind of always just thought God is what is in control of what happens. And in order to have things go away that you want them to, you have to speak to God and ask about it. And things wouldn't necessarily go the way you want, but there's a degree to which talking to God is simply asking about things you want to happen. And I think for me, a lot of like my early faith was very... I don't expect to get anything out of this, but I'm going to ask, and if I can't get anything out of this, then at least, like, let other people get something out of this if I am if I can't. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it was very, I want to have, it was, it was, looking back, a search for purpose that I didn't fully recognize, that even if I couldn't have what I wanted, I still... Want to say, okay, if I'm suffering for something, if I'm unhappy, if like things aren't going the way I want, at least let it be for some purpose. So, like, if I'm not happy, at least let my loved ones or like other people be happy instead. 
Okay. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So that's kind of the relationship I had with God throughout at least confirmation when I was like, okay, you read Mark and you learn about Jesus and you take a test of like, what did Jesus do here yeah. and there? And like, what did he say about this? And you learn about the Methodist church and John Wesley and all that stuff. Yeah. After you take the test, you forget everything. Yeah. Mm. So I think my relationship with God was very superficial, um, but there were parts of it that reflect on what kind of led me to finding uh, my own faith later on in life, I guess. That's awesome. And so I, I think that you tell me, okay, you went to UVA and you got involved with Christian community there, but I want to go towards the architecture thing. Mm-hmm. And so you're an architect currently. Architectural designer. Architectural designer. Tell us what the heck you do. Why why architecture? How did you get into that? All that so, kind of stuff. I grew up just loving Legos. Still love Legos. I actually have a package waiting for me, which is the Lego set that I bought and was waiting for. Do you do like those complex builds? So I got this and it's an A-frame uh, house. Okay. And it was like 200 bucks. But... I was like, an A-frame is my favorite basic structure. Um, and I've done some of the more complex ones. Me and my brother, we really were into like the Harry Potter, the Lord of the Rings, okay. uh, superheroes, sets, and stuff okay. like that. Um, but we grew up like, whatever people get you, you build, and then you put it on your shelf. Right. <laughs> so I grew up really liking that, and it wasn't until having watched How I Met Your Mother, where it was... Uh, Ted Mosby was an architect. There's an episode where, as a kid, he built this massive structure, and I was like, oh, I built Legos. Like, I could do that. Hmm. And in uh, high school, I had a choice to make between either architecture and marine biology because we had CAD classes that I could take, or I could do uh, an aquaculture program. And all I knew was marine biologists don't tend to really get jobs, and there's really not much out there. Okay. And architecture seems like there's a lot more. Um, and also, I don't have to leave school to go somewhere. Okay. So I ended up choosing architecture. Um, I really enjoyed taking CAD classes. I did a program called ACE, which is Architecture, Construction, and Engineering, where we'd have a simulated project that we would do. One was um, building like a college campus on a set of islands that are like small islands. And we put my group did dorms, and we had like a bridge that was going across that we put dorms on. Um, we did one that was like a ski resort we did um and then the last few years we did like local projects we did one which was like uh, a housing development project and one that was like a restaurant in bridgeport the bridgeport area um and it was like a competition based thing and we did like a national program where we had to design uh presidential library for obama so we we did that as well um and i think just growing through that i applied to different schools that had architecture programs ended up at uva Um, but kind of the main reason that architecture kind of fit for me was I always enjoyed creating things, um, as well as like, I had a deep desire to one day build my own house. Um, kind of selfish, uh, that my main goal is for me, um, (laughs) I find that like, I really like what I do, um, but on its own, I don't think it's necessarily my passion. I think I more have a passion for creativity more so than architecture um but i I really do enjoy uh what i do right now is architectural design for uh residential renovations so it's a lot of 
looking at existing structures, meeting with clients, seeing what they want to do with it, and then changing it. And it's a lot of, feels like a puzzle in a way. Um, I really like problem solving. Um, but uh, I think that's kind of what architecture has really been for me and how I got into it. Hmm. Have you, like, started on any plans for, like, a house you want to build one day for yourself or anything? Like, at this so, moment? in my um, CAD classes in high school, we had to build our own mansion, um, mm-hmm. and you had to have a minimum of, I think, 50,000 square feet or something like that, mm-hmm. and our, this is funny, so our uh, teacher was like, okay, you have to, like, the way, and this is when you're, st- like, first learning spatial planning, it's like, you have to build a bunch of smaller rooms you have to have more rooms um so you're gonna have like 20 bedrooms instead but a lot of the kids were like oh i'm just gonna make (laughs) the basic setup of a one bedroom house (laughs) (laughs) and have fifty thousand square feet (laughs) yeah yeah and this man (laughs) builds a massive like football stadium open roof there's like no supports anywhere he just like is putting a bed in the middle putting cars all over the place (laughs) and it's like this it's just a open concept. Everything's just sitting out. Yeah. And my professor was so mad. He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's like a villain layer. Like, yeah. it's not a house." <laughs> but um, I I always wanted um, kind of like a courtyard setting of like you have like a pool in the middle or and like hmm. um, kind of like a patio space and then you have kind of. Uh, if you've seen Harry Potter and you've seen uh, the way like Hogwarts has those courtyards where you have like the arches that come along and you have like pathways yeah. and then on the inside is like a building. I kind of set up my house like that um, as well as incorporating kind of a modern flair of like you have like big glass walls that kind of encompass parts of it and uh, the top after having like kind of a, a walking space that has like glass domes at parts. Um so I'm like really interested in, um, if I had the fun at the time, I was like, okay, if I had become like a billionaire and I could build this thing for real, I would probably have a big stone castle with like a modern flair to it. But, um, I think now it's like, okay, like I will be satisfied with whatever I can afford. <laughs> a 50,000 square foot A-frame house. <laughs> uh, I mean... It has to be long. Just yeah, just like super long. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's the thing. Like, A-frame houses are super nice. Like, we once stayed in one in Vermont um, for when our uh, our house was being uh, remodeled and uh, rebuilt. Um, and it was super cool. Like, it's, it's a great structure um, with a lot of open space. You can have, like, lofts and things. Um, but I don't think it's the proper house to have in certain settings. Okay. Um, I wouldn't just put it in the middle of a city. Oh, yeah. But, I can see that. Um, so, I don't know. I think it really is, as, as having gone through like architecture school, it really is about having a space and how can you make a building that uses the space it's on to accomplish the functionality of what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which, more theoretical than what you're actually going to be doing for most people who have, you know not too much land and there's not a lot of difference in topography but still enjoyable okay so if you could do i know you're, you're working at a job right now um but if you could do anything that you wanted to do in the architecture world like what would you want to do i always 
when I was younger, wanted to do, like, mansions for famous people. I think part of it is I, I really enjoy housing. Okay. Um, I think it's super unique because it's something that we all understand and we all can kind of have a grasp of this is what living is like yeah. versus doing something like an office building yeah. or, like, hospital. Um, which, those things are interesting to do, but I don't think I would want to... I think housing has the most capability for uniqueness in everything because while a lot of other structures have function based on the what happens there mm-hmm. a house has function more based on who's living there yeah mm. um so it's always going to feel different based on what someone wants it to be mm. like different people have different tastes where a lot of the time a commercial building is just going to be whatever is most cost effective and functional unless you're getting an insane amount of money to build like the olympic buildings that they have that are just more artistic in nature than anything else um that's kind of where i thought when i was younger i think nowadays um i have a friend who he uh has a job doing religious spaces he goes to different churches and has built spaces for them um it's very interesting when you're meshing faith with architecture and how that affects what happens in those spaces uh, as well as a lot of things you can do just technical with like lighting and yeah. um, sound and space. Um, hmm. I think that's super interesting. Um, but honestly, I would just love to do something that just feels immensely artistic more so than anything else. Cool. So something you just mentioned was like faith and architecture. And normally when someone comes in, we'll ask some type of question mm-hmm. about how is your career path and your faith like kind of intersecting? And that's the question that you ask on I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, uh, we we just we kind of talk about being a Christian in in the culture and and the you know we've talked with Kayla about like nursing and how how does her faith impact her nursing? How does nursing impact her faith? Um, so what? How would you answer that question as it pertains to what you're doing now? Like mm-hmm. your faith informing your career mm. and then your career helping you understand your faith like how would you answer that yeah i mean i think i'm not at the the spectrum that other people are um with the way in which faith directly impacts architecture i know when i was in college we had um a group come uh, who was building housing for like refugees mm-hmm. um, and they came and visited our Christian fellowship and talked to a bunch of us architects from state and it's it was super interesting and I was like that's something that I would l- love to experience at some point um, but you know COVID happened and no one right. was traveling and, like, yeah. right when I'm getting the job for us I had already been working in kind of a residential high-end renovation uh, field in Connecticut at the time which gave me experience for what I'm doing now. Um, but uh, I think no matter what scale you're on, there's a way in which, as an architect, you're informing the way someone's life functions. Mm. Um, you're meeting a need of someone where, yes, um, in a lot of cases, most of our clients are going to be able to afford a lot of things. Um 
some have uh, you know basic needs met more so than you know spending twenty six thousand dollars on a fireplace. Which for some reason some designers were like, "Hey, this is the fireplace we're going with." They were like, "Do they know it's twenty six thousand dollars?" And apparently, the, the designers didn't know either. But um, there's a sense in which living and shelter is a basic need, and how can you create that, but also make it a space in which someone is comfortable and enjoys living there and it functions in the way that they want it to. Because hmm. um, I'm sure everywhere you've been, you've noticed, hmm, this light switch seems too low or it's in the wrong place or this space is laid out weirdly, the kitchen bar is at a weird place. Hmm. Um, there's little things that feel odd to you as a user if you're going to a house that's used. Um, yeah. That you're like, why would they have done this? And yes, sometimes there's reasons based on code or just like space. I think especially when in a renovation, um, you only have what space you're limited to. Um, so how can you meet all of those needs while also making it something that, that works? Um, and I think there's a degree to where you can look at your... Uh, vocation as a way to meet the needs of those who need it the most and i feel like i'm not necessarily in in that sort of field but i am in one where this is a need that people do need yeah Um, people like to live comfortably and that is important and i think it's i wish all people were able to live in comfort um but um i think there's a degree to which i mean i talked about this last week um about the way just my company specifically handles how we uh, deal with clients and suppliers and all that um, with honesty, accountability, mm-hmm. craftsmanship, care, and effectiveness. Um, there's a, a way in which I'm using my faith every day and how I'm just interacting with other people. Um, I think architecture generally is a field that is very person-specific. And how can you... Like, yes, I could skimp and say, oh, I'm not going to, you know, make this space as good as I could make it just to get the project over with. But putting in the care to make a project that is going to be what someone wants it to be, that's going to be comfortable for them, that's going to make sense. And sometimes they want something that you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but you got to go along with it anyways because that's what they want. Even though it doesn't, it wouldn't be what you want, it is what they want out of it. Mm. That's cool. Uh, I, I've always thought about, um, you know, you're building things. You can't build something that doesn't like logically work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to me, it's it's just it's really cool to think about God as a builder and like how fine tuned the universe is and His creation is. And I think it's really cool to, for you to get to be in that world of like. I mean, like, you could build a staircase mm-hmm. to nowhere, but it yeah. would serve no purpose. It mm-hmm. wouldn't make any sense. Um, and, like, even to do, if you were going to try to make the most abstract creation mm-hmm. that you could think of that was just not logical, not, like, functional, um, you would still have to use, like, mathematics. You would mm-hmm. still have to use, like, figures and equations, and you would still have to, to, to use, like, order. Mm-hmm. To, to build those things and I just think that's really cool microcosm of how like God creates 
Um, and that's what I was thinking about when I, when I think about you doing architecture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that's so cool yeah. that he gets to create things from nothing. But, I mean, yeah, yeah you know I what mean, I'm saying. When something's on a piece of paper, at the moment it's from nothing. But there are people building it who put yeah. a lot of work into it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things under the surface that have to work. Um, which I think, when I think about the way in which, like, just my vocation influences how I perceive faith, I think it's a very different story of how more present it is. Mm. Um, just the way in which you have a lot of things that have to function. You have your HVAC, you have plumbing, heating, cooling, um, electrical, all of these things that have to work together to make a space what it needs to be. Yeah. Um, and like, how do we manage all of these different layers and elements to make it the best that we can get it to be. And that's a character trait of God that I definitely resonate with a lot. Um, the way in which he is able to control all of these elements to create the perfect story. Um, I think just me as like a storyteller and as an artist, um, I find that there's a level to which my creations are never going to be nearly as beautiful as what God creates. I think I love going out into nature and visiting places. We were just out in the Rocky Mountains and out skiing. You're seeing all these things that never get less beautiful. Right. Uh, as you look at, no sunset has ever been like, oh, it's just a sunset. Every yeah. sunset is like, whoa, look at this sunset. I have yeah. to take a picture. And sometimes I feel like a lot of architecture can never really capture that. Um, there's a degree into which you can create something stunning, um, but it's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be flaws here and there. There's always going to be something that isn't going to work properly or because we're in a, a world where we're limited to certain things, you have limited options. You know, we have clients who are like, oh, well, I don't want to be able to see anything on the walls. I don't want to see outlets. I don't want to see light switches. And it's like, well... In order to function, it needs to be in a place that makes sense, but it's not going to look the best. But this is just what the yeah. tools we have. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just incredible that that's not the way it is really with God. Right. Hmm. And all those things that you say have to work together, like God is not, like all those things depend upon a bunch of other people's skill sets, mm-hmm. right, to install electrical, HVAC, plumbing, all that stuff. And then for you to provide yeah. the structure, and, I just made a piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. When with God, like He's He's doing all those things. Mm. That's that's pretty cool to think about too. Yeah, mm. yeah. And outsourcing outsourcing like animals a little bit too, right? You know, they got to keep it up a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you are from New England. Yes, I am raised. I've always been infatuated with just. Early America, the birthplace of America, New England. Um, what 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 should we ignorant Southerners <laughs> know about New England? Like, what do you love about New England and where you're from? So, I will say something that is going to make me seem dumb. Okay. I, for the longest time, thought that all of the northern states were New England, and then I found out that it was only a list of, I think, about six or seven. Okay. So you've got... Uh, wait, wait. Kimmy and Josh. Yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, Can me and Josh do it? Yeah. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Um, shoot. <laughs> Delaware. No. no. Dang it. it. This should be the easiest one. New York. No, New York is not, actually. Did you say Connecticut? No, he didn't. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but it's those six. Oh, nice. I got five out of six. I didn't say your Delaware state. Yeah. Oh, man. Delaware and New York don't nope. count. New York is not. I thought New York was. I, I thought New Jersey was. But it's. And New Jersey. No, I, I don't believe New Jersey is. It might be. But mm. I know for certain New York isn't. And it would be odd if, if New Jersey was because it's lower than New York. Yeah. Um, but I think it's. it's You would think that New York would be, but it isn't. Right. Um, it's got new in the name, man. Yeah. How's it not new? Like new, new, new York, I New Jersey. I've never. Like Pennsylvania isn't. Yeah. It's just it's less than you'd think. Hmm. I never think of Maine as New England. I don't know why. Hmm. I think they're like way too far. Maine north. is kind of considered <laughs> the most New England because Whoa. it's the most northern, eastern state. What an idiot. Um, I get that though. Like no one, no one's gonna be like Florida's the South, yeah. you know. But it, even yeah. though it's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's it's interesting because um, we just went to a Noah Kahan concert, and he's from New England, and this new album that he just released is all about New England. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, there's a line from one of his songs um, uh, called. Gosh, what is it? Um, Shipping off to Boston. No. <laughs> oh, dang it. It's, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out my phone to look this up. No, no. Um, it's Dixie, isn't it? No, no, it's from Nor- oh, Northern yeah. Attitude. Oh, yeah. So and it's all about how people from New England are angry uh, and rude all the time because they live up north in a place where they don't get a lot of sunlight. There's not a lot going on there. And, um... I think growing up in a place, I'm like probably as far south as in New England as you can kind of get being in, you know, uh, southern Connecticut, um, where like you go all the way up into Vermont, Maine, you have those areas that are vastly colder, you're going to have way more snow, um, houses are less, are more spread out, you're kind of more in the woods, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we'd go up to Vermont at least once or twice a year. In the wintertime and in the summertime, I have cousins from like upstate New York. Like those areas of the world are a lot more rustic and a lot more. Um, like I, I, I will say I grew up in a wealthier part of uh, New England than most people who, who live there. And there's a degree to which in the song I did not feel like I could relate, even mm-hmm. though I was from New England. I didn't feel like I necessarily had that exact experience of he, he's essentially talking about how he uh, went back during COVID and was living there and he just felt like he was homesick, but also he's living in a place that he doesn't really like. There's nothing to do there. It's bringing up all of the bad memories of childhood. Um, but there's a, a degree to which a lot of the things that in those parts of New England that are um, more blue collar, um, you're not. Uh, there's a level of his experiences that I haven't experienced that I've been to on vacations and such when I'm visiting family, but I never. 
fully lived in the dullness of what pure New England grit is, I mm. guess. Um, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird <laughs> conversation, but um, <laughs> yes. What, so, like, what? What? Like, let me think about like uh, being in the South and doing like uh, we would go run through the woods. Uh, me and my friends tried to find snakes all the time. Um, um, there's certain types of food, uh, language, you know, cultural slang and stuff like that. Uh, what what are some like some of your favorite things like that from New England? So, um, as far as things to do in the woods, uh, there's a <laughs> <laughs> you can ride some moose. No, so this is this is gonna be weird, but also there is a thing. Uh, it's like a a kind of like a big the Bigfoot of my area of okay. where I live. Mm, okay, is called the uh, Melonheads. And essentially, it is uh, a bunch of people who were in an insane asylum who it was abandoned and then they turned to uh, unholy things and reproduced and created uh, deformed humans with large heads. And there is a place called Dracula Drive. Okay. Essentially, you would find, and there are a few different streets around the area of which are said to have been Dracula Drive because the um, asylum burned down and they all escaped, essentially, is what happened. Um, and we would go at night to one of these three places that was Dracula Drive and be like, oh, we're going to find the mountain heads. But it's mostly, it's nothing to do. We're all bored. It's summertime. We want to go for a drive. It's midnight. Let's go look for the mountain heads. <laughs> so, <laughs> and apparently this is a thing in other states as well. Okay. So it's not just Connecticut, but it is one of the four or five areas that has this. Um, but, you know, we would have, like, bonfires and things as well, which is a more normal thing to do in the yeah. woods. Um, <laughs> to go look for a superhuman or subhuman yeah. <laughs> group of people that live out in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to have to ask if you find any. No. Dang it. We, we did find some skunks one time, um, and that was uh, yeah. less fun. A bunch of baby skunks, which is very interesting, because you... Rarely see baby skunks. Yeah, you never see them. Yeah. I've never seen them. I've seen a bunch of skunks. Yeah, we've never seen, seen There was like skunk. four or five baby skunks following the mother. And we were like, oh. You would assume, though, when you see a big skunk, that it had to be small at one point. Probably. So there has to be baby skunks. <laughs> Logic would, would lead that direction. I guess. The existence of a big skunk means small skunk. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, as far as like food goes... Um, I mean, a lot of, like, like seafood, I guess, is a, a common New England thing. You have clam chowder, lobster if you're up in Maine. Uh, so some cousins who lived in Maine, and we would do lobster races when we visited them. And then, they call my lobster one. It's like, all right, but we're still boiling them. Wait, what is a lobster race? So, you buy a bunch of lobsters from, like, yeah. the supermarket or wherever. And then you set them up in an area and have them race each other. Okay. And whichever ones win, uh, get to get boiled last. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so th- he has the penalty of watching all his friends die, and then he has to more die. so hearing it. Oh, okay. Wait, have you ever boiled yeah. a lobster? Do they scream? I've oh, heard that they, they scream. scream. They scream. Ugh. Yeah, it's not fun. Wow, 
But they need to change that around. Yeah. I mean, they may, they won the race. I got first there. Yeah. Like, people in but the first race. There's yeah. a place in, in Maine that we would go to get lobsters, and there's just like a, little, a shack in the middle of the woods that doesn't have lobsters in a big pot that they would boil them in. Yeah. And they would like boil them for you, and then they'd give them to you. Mm-hmm. So, multiple lobsters at once. There's just like 40 lobsters oh, just yeah. screaming all at one time. It was weird. I don't, I mean, that, it's just a main thing, I guess, but. Maybe lobsters are melon heads. Maybe we found them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a conspiracy. Lot of, new one. <laughs> I mean, apparently yeah. everything is becoming crabs again. So okay, maybe they just went so far backwards in in terms of uh, evolution that they became <laughs> they devolved. Yeah, they devolved so much. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah. As far as like other things to do, I mean, I think it's my area of the world at least is not all that different from other places like okay. Ben, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, it was a very kind of rural... I mean, we have, like, a beach nearby. So none of the beaches are good. Um, the beaches are no waves. You're walking on pebbles. Maybe a little bit of sand. Um, but it's still the beach. Cool. Well, Kyle, thanks for telling us about you. Sorry that it's been six episodes, five episodes until we got to you. I mean, I feel like I've... Given bits and pieces, though. Yeah, yeah, we've seen snapshots of yeah, you. you can put them together and kind of get a somewhat of a story. Well, thanks, dude. Well, I think Josh has a game for us. I do. Yeah, you're up for it. Fifty minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, normally do this after the first couple questions. <laughs> yeah, we just had to hear more about uh, your story. So, um, but yeah, today's game is uh, riddles. So, um, listeners. Where's Batman? Feel free to play along. Maybe pause if you if you need some more time. Um, but I guess the goal is to beat Daniel and, and Kyle to the to the punch. Um, <laughs> I'm not good at riddles. <laughs> so I'm good at lateral thinking puzzles, but that's only because oh, no. your answer can be anything. <laughs> and it's always wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's always wrong. Um, so the first riddle, I've got a couple. We can just kind of um, see how they go. But the first one is, you have me today. Tomorrow, you'll have me more. As your time passes, I'm not easy to store. I don't take up space, but I'm only in one place. I am what you saw, but not what you see. What am I? Memories? Wow. Just out the gate. Yep, that's the right answer. Okay, that's awesome. I think I, think I would have got there. Yeah. I think I was thinking time, but I'm like, okay, it's the reverse of that. So, anyways. Yeah, as he was reading, I was like, time? And then I was like, no, it's not time. Mm-hmm. I think I would have got to memories. Mm. That was a good. That's a good one though. I like that. And it just like rhymed too. It was just really satisfying to read them out that way. Anyway, <laughs> the next one, I am taken from a mine and shut up in a wooden case from which I'm never released, and yet I'm used by almost everybody. What am I? Fossil fuels. No. <laughs> Say it again. I'm taken I'm, from a mine. Yeah. Okay. Shut up in a wooden case from which I'm never released, and yet I'm used by almost everybody. What am I? Rock music, I don't know. Taken from a mine, put in a wooden case, never released, used by everybody. Uh, Plutonium. I think the the (laughs) listeners are going to get us on this one. I'm going to just look it up. 
I think the taken from a mind thing is really tripping me yeah. out. I'm, I'm thinking it might be trying to allude to a different use of the word mind. Like taken okay. from yourself, perhaps. No, this is truly no. taken from the earth. The earth. Okay. Okay. And put it in a, in a wooden box. A wooden box? box or? Wooden case. A wooden case. Okay, what has a case that's wooden? I mean, you put your phone in a wooden case. A coffin? I know. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I can't Was get it out of my head. It is not. Okay. Um, Damn. I mean, Gollum came out of a mine. Did he go in a coffin? <laughs> I can give a, a, a hint. Too. No. Okay. Yeah, give a hint. Um, very small scale. Okay. Are you looking around my office to see if I have uh, something Yeah, I was like kind of curious if it'd be in this room. Because it's used by almost everybody. That's a lot of clue. Almost everybody. Probably, honestly, everybody. Hmm. Um. I'm sure the listeners are, like, screaming like, you idiots. Is this, like, is it in a kitchen? Probably not. Okay. Is it some sort of so rock? It never gets out of the box. It never gets out of the box. Right. It never gets out of the box. Do they put it in the box after they take it from the mine or in the mine they put it in the box? Technically, I'll say a part of it is out of the box. Okay. Out of the case. I have no idea. Think of it almost like as like a, a koozie for a beer. Like there's just a little bit of the the beer sticking out of the case. Same idea. Bro, I'm trying to think what's a wood in my house that I I use. I'm also thinking think about like drinking desk. beer right now. <laughs> we, we got Daniel D. Rabbits up to you, Kyle. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Y'all. Yeah, this is like this is dead one. air. Alright, the answer is pencil lead. Oh. I was thinking pencil. I was thinking I know, I pencil. I make the gesture for it. Oh, I was thinking I have, a, I have a wooden thing that I put pencils in. Okay. And I... I a wooden case. It never gets out. Okay. But everybody uses it. Yeah. I haven't used a pencil... In a long time. I know. I looked around. You have only pens, yeah. and like highlighters. I don't have pencils at work. I don't have pencils. I use a mechanical pencil at home sometimes when I'm like, like cutting wood or something, like yeah. measuring yeah, things. Yeah. But okay, anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're idiots. Sorry. <laughs> that was a tough one. Um, another one is uh, what has cities but no houses, forest but no trees, water but no fish. Cities but no houses, forests with but no trees, water but no fish. Mm-hmm. Polluted earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two thousand years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Communist state. Um. A forest but no trees. Water but no fish. painting <laughs> you're on the right track am I really yeah. uh, that's actually very close it's like 
miniature a map. There it is. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've got a bunch more, but we can do as many as y'all that y'all are feeling at the moment. Uh, maybe maybe one more. One more. One, one more. more. Okay. This is a long episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, part of it's just silence. <laughs> this one is almost uh, you know, how you do a joke of the week. You know, yeah. sometimes this one's kind of like a riddle and a joke. So what kind of running means walking? Jogging. What kind of running means walking? Slow running. I mean, that's what I learned in track. If you're not running fast, <laughs> you're not running. If you're not first, you're last. Power walking. I have no idea. Um, kind of running means walking. This is borderline uh, your lateral thinking pretzel. puzzle. Your fridge is right. <laughs> <laughs> Better go catch it. Um, hmm. Also, it's 10.40 at night, so I'll give you guys a pass, too. <laughs> We're getting there. Running out of time? What is it? That's really close, actually. Running out of time? Running out of stamina? Oh, you're Running out of energy. Dude, <laughs> you're so close. Running out of steam. <laughs> That's even closer. You guys are just... Running, running out of air. Running out of your shoes. Oh, man. You guys were just like a millimeter away. Running out of air is like... Running out of breath. Man. So what kind of running means walking? It's the right idea. Ah. You guys are so close. Running... Is it running out of something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, running out of... Running out of gas. There it is. Ah. Then you're walking. Exactly. Daggum. <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, hey guys, Super Bowl is coming up um, next Sunday. This Sunday, Chiefs versus Eagles. Um, Kyle, do you care who wins? Technically, and, yes. My dad is a huge Chiefs fan. Okay, so are you for the Chiefs? Um, I will say yes. Um, I feel like I don't tend to really care too much. Like, I think if they lose, I'm not going to be all that upset. Um, I have friends who are Eagles fans, especially being yeah. having gone to school in Virginia. There's a lot yeah. of people from that area. Um, but I don't think I necessarily care either way. Um, I'll be happy either way. Um, I don't think it affects my life too much. But um, I think I am probably more of a Chiefs fan than any other team. Okay. Because my dad likes them. Cool. Um, Fish, do you care? Uh, most of my loyalty re- like resides... Uh, for the teams that like when my brother and I were playing like video games growing up, so yeah. like if they were crushing it that year, they were just. So I always like Patriots. I always like the Eagles. So I'd say between the two, I'll pick Eagles. Okay, just because. <laughs> I think I'm for the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles are gonna win. Mm. I think that the Eagles yeah. have a great, great team. Mm-hmm. Not a football podcast, but their defense is stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what the dude's name is, but one of their defensive tackles when he's. It's like Jordan or Jordans or something. Anyways, um, when he's been playing, their run game is really good. Their yes. their secondary is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then they can run the ball on anybody. Jalen Hurts is, is really good. I know Mahomes is injured right now. Yeah, and like so. all of the Chiefs receiving core is is injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just don't count out Mahomes yeah. and uh and Andy Reid. They're just they're a great team. Well so Super Bowl, like do you guys have any like memories or I mean did your families do things for the Super Bowl? Did your churches like mm-hmm. 
maybe like a, a memory or like how you experienced the Super Bowl growing up? Yeah, I mean, I think we would normally just put it on because um, my dad was always interested. The commercials were sometimes fun. The halftime show was fun. But I think there was a lot of years where, like, it was just getting late. And I'm like, okay, I have school tomorrow. I'm just going to bed. Yeah. Um, and I remember in college, like, no one necessarily we didn't have, like, I know here we have an event where everyone gets together and we all watch it. But in college, like, we would just kind of throw it on in one of our houses. And I just remember just doing homework while it was on and then being like, you know what? The new Marvel trailer, some of the new Marvel trailers might come out, which every so often you get some of those. It's like, okay, that's something I at least somewhat care about. Um, but yeah, there was just some years where the games just were not interesting. The performance you just didn't really care about. Um, none of the commercials were all that funny. Yeah. I think honestly, like, I find it just more fun just as a thing to do to hang out with other people. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, Ish. for sure. Mine was kind of similar to Kyle's in the sense that, like, my church normally put on something, but it was at someone's house. Okay. And, yeah. So it was kind of like what West End does, but it wasn't, like, put on by the church, you know? I remember, um, and this is, like, my biggest complaint ever. So our youth group would have a huge Super Bowl party, and it would be on, like, drop-down projector screen, um, and tons of food. Like, we didn't have to bring food. It was, like all of the old people from church, but it was just for youth. Like tons mm. of people would bring food, pizza, and then like all the apps and stuff, but they would never let us watch the halftime show. <laughs> so during the halftime show, our like youth guy would do like a 15 minute, like gospel presentation. No, yeah. and <laughs> Just total like vibe switch of it. Just, total yeah. vibe switch. Yeah. So it's like, you know, first half or did whatever. You, did you know there was a halftime show or did they tell you there wasn't anything? No, we, we knew. Okay. Like, I mean, we knew because, I mean, <laughs> obviously before before your youth group age, you're just hanging out with your parents or whatever and watching. But we didn't, I guess I didn't really understand that the halftime show was a big thing mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. And I also, I guess it was maybe a protective thing. Like, we didn't watch commercials. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, I don't know, scared that um, we were a small town Baptist church, like Budweiser commercials, or and honestly, we're like sixth, seventh, eighth graders, and yeah. I kind of get it. I kind of get oh, it. Oh, I mean, there are some commercials that I've had recently that I'm like, they just took that way too far. Yeah, I mean, there's some wisdom there as long as you're not gonna make that like a like a sin issue. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch a commercial, you're sinning. Um, but there's some wisdom to protect kids from that. Mm. But I just I, I look back and remember thinking like, man, I used to I used to hate the halftime thing. Mm. Like I was like, not looking forward to a 15 minute gospel <laughs> presentation, <laughs> like just wanting to be like, please get halftime over so fast. Yeah. So that those are my memories from from early. That is incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, Alabama. <laughs> Alabama Southern Baptist Church. <laughs> oh gosh, someone someone said something recently recently to me, um, where it's like it wasn't fun while it happened, but it's fun looking back. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I'm like, what were we doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I put this in the in the notes. Like, so rank these five five things around the Super Bowl. Okay, so the game itself. The halftime show, commercials, food, or just hanging out with friends. So we'll start with fish this time. Okay. Friends will be at the top. 
I don't think I'd go if my friends weren't going to be there. Um, the halftime show is a tough one. I feel like sometimes I'm like, that is like the second thing. But as of the past like three, four, five years, it's been just yeah. like the yeah. last thing probably. It's just, <laughs> who's even on the halftime show this year? You guys know? I do. I, if someone said it, I would know. Lyra, do you know who's on the halftime show? Come, let us know. Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah. yeah. Rihanna. 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 Welcome back. Yeah. It's first time back after a couple episodes with Perform. no Kyle Lyra. He's bringing us the mir- the the, the musical lyrics. <sighs> Ooh, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay for me. <laughs> Well, Have you done any photosynthesis recently? <laughs> okay. I was gonna make a joke, but this is bye, Kyle. Bye. This is PG. All right, so yep. Rihanna is on the halftime show. So for me, that's gonna be at the bottom of the list, then for sure this year. Favorite Rihanna song? Go. Uh, Umbrella is that her? Yeah, I was gonna say Umbrella. <laughs> that's the only one I know. The only one I know. Somebody today was like. Oh, if if Kanye West wasn't in such like maybe a bad place, maybe they like like they were talking like mental stuff or whatever. Yes. Like maybe he would be on the halftime show with her, and I was like, what? And they're like, because he and Rihanna have tons of songs together, and I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the bands or artists that I like will ever be doing a halftime show because they're just not that type of music. Yeah, and halftime shows are typically the type of music that I don't listen to. I thought it was really cool. Was it two years ago when they had Snoop and Dre and yeah. Eminem? Some it was of those last dudes. Year. Was that last year? It was last year. Remember, we were here for that. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, <laughs> I've gone back now as a as a father, as maybe a more mature Christian, and I like try to listen to some of those. I I try to listen to some of those '90s, like rap songs that I used to love. So I used to love Dr. Dre. I used to love. Like Tupac and Biggie, and I'll go and I'll start listening to a song and like three lines in, I'm like, I have to turn this off. Mm. It's like, yeah. yeah, but it was cool to see them. Yeah, um, Kyle. All right, so after some technical difficulties, Daniel was talking about rap. I'm just gonna ask. So Kyle, you rank these. Wait, did you fish? Did I you finish, finish your ranking? Uh, Friends halftime show. Uh, probably. Game, then food, then commercials. That's what I'd say. Hmm. Commercials at the very last. Man, that does sound wrong, doesn't it? But <laughs> Sometimes the commercials are good. They are. Yeah, but they're not. It seems like these days there's only like four commercials mm-hmm. that are good. Yeah, I guess that's not why I'm there too, right? Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, you can always watch commercials on YouTube later. You can. You it's know? just interesting. You're, other than like watching something like that, you're never going to see commercials um, in the same capacity to which you would. Yeah, right now because now everything's streaming, or you have like whatever it is to bypass commercials. True. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What do you say, Kyle? I would say friends, and then food because my mom makes a really good dip. Um, and then I would probably say. Uh, I mean, for me, honestly, halftime show commercials and game are all on the same level because there's a degree to which like. They could be good or they could be bad, and it doesn't necessarily matter all that much either way. And I think I would say I would have to put game first because it's the thing you're going to spend the most time watching. Okay. And then probably halftime show and then commercials because probably I'm going to get up and use the restroom during commercials more so than I would during the other things. Hmm. Cool. 
Yeah, I see that. I mean, so for you, like game halftime show commercials are like you're you're there to hang out with your friends and eat food, and, and, and the yeah. rest of it's just like it's it's on. Yeah, I get it. It'd be just like any other game then for you. You just. I like, mean, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like I don't. And yes, there's more things that happen, but it's like there's a degree to which odds are it's commercials that you mostly don't care about. Some might be funny, but like. It's like going to see a comedian who has a 10% chance of telling a joke that might be good. Okay. Um, and it's like, okay, do you actually like spend the time sitting and watching this, hoping he might say something funny? <laughs> um, and then also like a halftime show is like, it's not music that I like, so like, mm. why would I care all that much? Yeah, same way. Because yeah. like, yeah, sure, the, the show could be interesting itself, but for the most part, I mean, the last few times, I'm like, it's just kind of... Same as there's nothing profound that's so different or so unique that rises above any other show to me. Right. So I would say game first for me because I don't have an NFL team. I don't. I'm not like a. And we're in Nashville, but I'm not a Titans fan. But I Sorry. love the game of football so much, mm-hmm. um, and I love to see the the best players on earth playing that game. Hmm. So I really do love the game. I, it's so disappointing when it, because there are some terrible Super Bowl games. Mm-hmm. So it's game. I really have a hard time between food and friends. Because, <laughs> uh, I love eating, eating just like, like game food, mm-hmm. like tailgate food. I love eating that stuff, but I'm going to say friends and then food and then commercials and then mm-hmm. halftime show. Because I do not care about the halftime <laughs> yeah. show at all. It, it could be someone... I think the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. did it a couple years ago. And I'm like, this is cool, but it's 40 years too late. Yeah, I mean, you know? I think the way that I think about it is like... Just don't do a halftime show. Don't do commercials. Just play the game. Get it over with and I can leave. Yeah, that that's great. We can listen to our own music during halftime. Show. I mean, <laughs> or we can get my old youth minister to come in and we can do 15-minute gospel presentation. Football is the slowest sport. Wait, you think football's slow? In terms of like... In total length. In total is, length of yeah. like how, how many times you break. Okay. I think you break... I was thinking like baseball is like no. three hours for about three and a half minutes of action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think of sports that like I typically will find myself watching football is for sure the slowest. I don't okay. watch baseball. You're saying because there's like 40 seconds between each play. Yeah, you okay. have to talk to each other, then you have a commercial break all the time. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of wasted time that you did not care about. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Okay, so tonight we had worship night, um, which I, I love worship night selfishly because I don't really have to do too much. I do a lot of like pre-work. So setting up the room, getting the food ordered, like the drinks, and then making sure that we're organized to for for the night. And then Andrew Stacy just kind of takes it and he chooses the songs. Sometimes he'll be like, "Hey, do you want to do this song or that song?" For the most part, he just takes it. And then I I I try to ask somebody to do like a devotional thing every time. Sometimes I end up having to do it myself, but that's not too much prep work. And um, I, we had like the most people that we've ever had there tonight, which was like overwhelming. Um, 
the official numbers aren't in yet, but uh, we're looking at somewhere between 70 and 80 people. Uh, Kayla says 74. Um, that which is fantastic. We do a guessing game next week. <laughs> we should over under. Um, <laughs> Everyone has to sign in when they get there, and then you can guess how many people you think will be there. Oh, that would be cool. Or you could do guess how many people you think were there as you leave. Ooh, that's probably easier. Then we announce the winners on the group me yeah. later on. It's like a self filling jelly bean jar. Yeah. And yeah. they get to choose an item from Kayla's house. <laughs> Anything from Kayla's house that they want. <laughs> Kayla, I'll take just give Kayla's it to car him. keys and then you get a car with it. Okay. <laughs> She's got a sweet rug. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Kayla's house? Uh, so, young adult started at Kayla's house. So, yes, I've been in her basement. When was the last time you were there? Uh, three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, one time I helped her move a ginormous piece of furniture into her house. It was huge. Take that. I'm not taking that. Yeah, he's like, I left that again. stay in that house until that. But if you take you, you have yeah. to move yourself. So yeah, that'll remain even when the house is gone. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought tonight was awesome. Um, if you guys don't know, or if you've never been to West End, we we sit in um, we sit in circles. Well, we that's kind of weird to say, right? We sit in <laughs> a circle. Crisscross. We sit in a right. circle. Where there's like a small circle, a bigger circle, a bigger circle, mm-hmm. and. Um, so we don't just like do worship with like the worship team up front, and we're all staring at the worship team, mm-hmm. um, looking in one direction. We're all like looking with each other. We're mm-hmm. worshiping among each other, beside each other, with each other, uh, and that's just really beautiful. You can hear everybody's voice um, at some more than others, and um, it's just a really, really fun. It's a fun time. It's a good experience. I always leave re-energized. Um, and and say you always leave, and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I always leave halfway through. I can't. Talk <laughs> uh, but Paulson um, basically preached tonight. Yeah. For like fifteen minutes. Yeah. We and had the like, same energy as like a fire and brimstone preacher, mm-hmm. man. He was like going for it. I, yeah. I really love the passion. You, passion could, yeah. you could feel it. Yeah, I thought he really did a good job. He was, did Titus three, three through seven. He was talking about, um, but some, but this is what you were. And now this is what you are. And he was like talking about how you were this, and then God acted. Yeah. And I thought he did. I I thought he did an incredible job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love like he always just pulls out things that like I would have never taken it that direction if I were to do it. And he just I don't know it knocks it out of the park every time. I mean, he's a lawyer, so he's a big brain guy. Yeah. <laughs> so just uh, behind the scenes of me prepping for like every single week, I'm always texting Paulson. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Or like, I, I take that back. I'm not always texting Paulson, but there's multiple times where I just text Paulson and I'm like, what do you think about this verse? Or what do you think about this? Or like, how can I shape the narrative in this in this passage, you know, to, to convey a, a modern message or like to apply it appropriately? And Paulson's always just so smart uh, in that area. So really thankful for him. Um just given, you know, trying to wrap up the episode, but give you guys a snapshot of what's coming up next week. We had to postpone last week. Um, we had a, kind of an ice storm. We were concerned about being able to get up the driveway here. Um, and we were supposed to go through uh, Acts 6 and 7. We'll be looking at uh, the story of, of Stephen's murder, you know, kind of being the first martyr um, in the first century church. And we'll meet an interesting character named Saul who will 
pop back up in a couple more chapters. And so um really really excited about that. I've been sitting with it for like two weeks now and just continuing to kind of tweak some of the lesson and uh, just really excited about that. So, um, yeah, I guess we don't really have a a joke of the week or anything. You guys want to, I mean, like, you guys want to talk about a song or anything? Yeah, there's been a great song that I've been listening to. It's called Underdressed by Gable Price and Friends. Okay. Um, if you're looking for, like, kind of a, a chiller vibe, but it's also just, like, packed with some, like, really powerful, like, it's like a Christian song, and it's just, it just kind of is like what Paulson was talking about tonight, where it shows you, like, what you're, like, what you are, and then, but God. Um, anyway, I'd highly recommend it. was on repeat for me for, like, a month straight, so I hope someone out there will like it, too. That's awesome. Awesome, thanks. Kyle, you got yeah, a um, song that you're jamming lately? Anything? Um, I mean, I feel like I've just been listening to a lot of new music that's just coming out and finding, like, new artists, and I'm like, oh, this sounds really cool. Um, this is just a vibe song that I really like recently is, uh, called Stop Sign by Dice. Check it out. It's, it's a good song, but no, no greater meaning to it, but yeah. Cool. I don't ever listen to new music. And so I was listening to a band called Wilco the other day and I've heard this song called You Never Know, um, a million times, but I don't know, the lyrics hit me pretty pretty uh, hard the other day. The, the first line is, is, come on children, you're acting like children. Every generation thinks it's the end of the world. Mm. And it just like, maybe more so than some of sermons that I hear, is like, man, God is in control. And this is not a Christian band. It's just like, God is in control, and everybody thinks that the next war or the next mm-hmm. conflict, or the next mm-hmm. president, or the next whatever, is going to be the end of the world. And I'm like, I just God's in control, mm-hmm. and the song the song is good itself. So and further proof, it was released in 2009. So you know, if it's still true now, it's just boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nuts. 14 years ago. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, a couple events coming up. Uh, this upcoming Sunday. I mean, I don't know if this will be released by then, but there is a Super Bowl party coming up. That's why we talked about it. Um, it is at the Brewer's House. Um, I don't know the actual address, but if you just look up the Brewer's House, you will find <laughs> a place in Belgium. <laughs> so yes. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't plug that in, because I, at first, was like, oh, this is probably like a cool brewery or something. Yeah, like, yeah the Brewer's and then House. And I found a place in Belgium, and I was like, well, I guess it's not that. Yeah. They live at uh, Dracula Drive yeah. in, in uh, Vermont hey, next to the if Melonheads. If anyone has seen the Melonheads, please please let us know. And we'll talk about it on this podcast. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, meet every Tuesday. So as Daniel said, catch us next week. Um, come to West End for regular church on Sundays if you'd like. Um, uh, we have a class coming afterwards. Daniel's leading a class called uh, Hope Discovered. Or Discipleship, Discipleship Explored. Discovered. Explored. Uh. <laughs> I was way off. So the class is called Discipleship Explored. It's kind of an eight-week walk through Philippians with the, the... I mean, everybody's kind of... Every church has done some form of like discipleship with its members or tries to figure out what the best way. And it is walking through Philippians with the underlying theme of looking at our unity with Christ. So kind of trying to encourage the body a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I like the curriculum. I like the material. 
and it, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, come check that out. Uh, happens after nine a.m. service, so usually around what ten thirty. Ten thirty. Um, but that's it for announcements for what's coming up. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry it took so long to get here. A lot of technical difficulties, uh, but hope you had a blast. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.